Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 118 of the Slice of Healthcare podcast. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. On today's episode, we have Lara Gregorio, the co-founder and CEO at Human Nest. Let's not waste any time. Let's bring her on the podcast. Thanks so much for joining me on the Slice of Healthcare podcast. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm excited for us to chat. Uh, you and I are chatting a little bit before this, and I'm like, we need to press record because this is good. We need to keep rolling with it. So uh, I'm excited to get started. I think we should dive right into it. I'd love if you could tell the audience a little bit about you and your background, and we can go from there. Sure. I'm happy to do it. So um, I am a licensed clinical social worker. My background is as a therapist, which I think in and of itself, building a digital behavioral health platform uh, sets us apart a little bit, um, given the fact that a lot of people getting into the space right now have engineering and business backgrounds. And what we've really found, particularly in, in building out specific healthcare partnerships, is that having a clinical background, having been on the front lines of delivering care, really makes a difference when it comes to building out products that um, are actually going to have an impact, which is what we're really focused on doing. Um, my first job out of grad school was driving a 40 foot RV and not a nice one. It was like a clunky breaking bad style RV. And I was actually the driver because I was a newbie on the team. Um, I drove around to homeless encampments with the idea that we shouldn't be asking people who are struggling, vulnerable, and don't have transportation to come to us where, when, and how it's convenient for us. We as a care system should be bringing care to people where, when, and how they want to receive it. Um, and I was literally a park bench street curb therapist. Um, and I went from there to um, the Tenderloin of San Francisco, where if anyone's familiar with it, it's probably the worst neighborhood of San Francisco, um, where sort of chronic severe mental illness and heavy substance abuse abound. Um, and I was in a community mental health clinic where we would have a number of patients and clients who just never made it into their, into the, their sessions, into their therapy appointments. They didn't get on medication. They weren't getting any better. And as a system and as care providers, we labeled them treatment resistant because that's what we do. We say that the problem is with them. Um, and no one really calls into question the fact that maybe nobody likes what we're selling. <laughs> maybe, maybe the problem is with us as a care system. Um, and what I ended up doing there was getting a bunch of knitting needles and uh, knitting yarn donated. Um, and I opened a little knitting circle in the basement of the clinic. Um, and each week I started having these women who came in. There was one little problem, which is that I didn't know how to knit. Um, and this was pre-YouTube. So I just found some videos online um, and side by side, shoulder to shoulder, a group of women started coming and we would just side by side kind of learn how to knit together. And for weeks, we would just talk about knitting. They started to get better. I stayed about the same. They started to get better. And then they started talking about life. And then all of a sudden it was group therapy while we were knitting. Um, and then lo and behold, they started actually going to their individual therapy appointments. And then they went to their psychiatry appointments and they got on medication. Um, and then a second cohort of women came in and the first cohort taught the second cohort how to knit. And then all of a sudden it was becoming this new sort of alternative to the traditional model that had been established in the clinic. And I kind of have developed this as a theme in everywhere that I go in my career is how do we design care systems that are thinking about what do people want? What do people need? And how do we bring care to them 
where, how, and when they want to receive it, as opposed to thinking about how can we benefit the care system. So, so you would you would use, I don't want to call it a task, but some sort of activity to what to get people to open up to feel more comfortable, and then they would, at some point, it was actually developing better better behaviors, better. Um, what would, would you call it? Tendencies. Uh, that's interesting. Sort of, but I, I would say I would take it a step further, actually, to say that when you're talking about if it's if it's health, we're talking about, I think that it's a little bit different than mental health. The problem with mental health is that we're dealing with disorders and illnesses that tell us we don't have an illness. Right. And we're dealing with illnesses where motivation and lack of motivation is one of the symptoms of the illness. Right. And so part of it is that we have to design care systems that start with motivation, that think about how do you meet somebody where they are if they're not sure they even want help or if they don't even think they have a problem. Right. And so how do you build something that that matches the level of intervention, not to the level of symptoms, but to the level of motivation? And the other thing we know about motivation and insight and willingness is that those things change not week to week or month to month, but day to day or even moment to moment. And you have to capture somebody in the moment when they're ready and they're willing and they're wanting to do something about the things that are challenging in their lives. And that might be Saturday at two o'clock. And if you, their appointment is not until Tuesday at four, you've missed that person and you may not have another window of opportunity. So closing that gap from moment of willingness to intervention, it needs to be almost seamless. So, so you take that background, that mentality, and that kind of transitioned into your latest venture right now, um, Humanest, right? Did I say that right, Humanest? Yep. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Um, can you tell us more about, I, I mean, you, you kind of already told us where that, like, I guess that why, I like to focus on why, how, what. You kind of already told us where that why comes from, right? Uh, or you wouldn't be yeah. doing it, and, and that ties in really well. Um, can you talk about us, how, how the platform works? Absolutely. So building on that model with this idea that we want to match motivation to intervention, um, we have care available seven days a week. Um, we are able to do same day, almost within an hour, usually appointments. Um, and we have a full suite of services, anywhere from low intervention to high intervention, so or high low to high intensity. So when you think about if you go to Peloton or you go to a gym, there's low impact workouts and there's high impact workouts. And we can say at any given moment, wow, I'm really not feeling it today. I think I'm just gonna stretch. Or I really feel like I need to just knock this workout out of the park. I want a high intensity, high impact workout today. Um, and, and we choose that and we know that model when it comes to health and fitness. And we're taking that and we're applying it in the mental health space, knowing that motivation is a big, big problem. So we're saying let's provide everywhere from self-help content to guided self-help with a therapist who might help you in a group setting, a number of different types of groups, anywhere from knitting or art or um, journaling uh, to more skill-based teaching cognitive behavioral therapy or dialectical behavioral therapy to workshop series all the way up through individual therapy. And then we also have a community of peer support where peers support one another 
Um, there's Q&A. Our community online is all moderated by licensed therapists so that at any given time, people can come in, answer, ask a question anonymously and get Q&A with not only peers to kind of crowdsource challenging thoughts and things like that, but also get feedback from experts on the various different issues in their lives. So we really have like a full stepped care solution um, that, you know, you come in, you pay one membership and there's frictionless movement because we know that that motivation changes from moment to moment. We want your solution to change from moment to moment as well, seamlessly. So people can move between all those different levels as needed um, on any given day. Um, and all of that is available under one umbrella. Um, we're building this based upon a model called Stepped Care 2.0, which has been launched um, very effectively nationwide in Canada. Um, and so there's quite a bit of evidence base and efficacy behind this model. And this is all through, uh, as you described it to me, a subscription-based model, right? Or a membership, so to speak? Yes. yes, that's correct. Yeah, it's $39 a month. People can come in and that unlocks everything. Then there's an additional fee that's discounted for members for the individual therapy sessions. And again, those are available uh, basically on demand. Uh, we have therapists who are all salaried. They're on staff with us. Um, and they, um, they have a kind of like walk-in clinics, like a minute clinic. Uh, they have uh, office hours available so people can drop in and see them anytime. Very cool. Um, and are there certain, is this accessible from anywhere? Or are there certain states that you can access the, the platform from? So our licensed therapists are in California, so they can only see people who are currently in California. However, we also have brought on uh, a number of peer counselors who are trained up in all of the same evidence-based protocols, um, have basic counseling skills, and um, get ongoing professional development and support. And they're sort of like that scaled uh, workforce of um, sort of non-licensed professionals as well, and they can see people anywhere. Okay, so they all can see people. And all, sorry to interrupt, all of our uh, groups as well who are that are psychoeducation, skills-based CBT, DBT type groups are run by licensed professionals and the licensed professionals are also in the community for that Q&A. Interesting. Um, and for, for those that don't know, which I'm guessing this is part of the reason why you, you have the, uh, the, the licensed therapist in California, your, your company is in, located in California, right? Yes, we are. We're in the San Francisco Bay Area. Yep. Okay. So that makes sense. Um, very cool. What are, uh, can you talk us through a, a few of the partnerships that you've recently announced? Because there, there's been a couple and I, I think it'd be really great to highlight a few of those, um, especially one of them with uh, a former guest, uh, guest company that came on the podcast, uh, Genev. Uh, can you talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. Yeah. We're doing a workshop series with Genev, which was actually uh, very well received. It's been, it was oversubscribed. We, we just started it last week um, and we're offering support for menopausal women, perimenopausal women. Uh, and we're coming together with Genev, who is, they are experts on menopause and supporting women. They are bringing in healthcare providers uh, like OBGYNs and we are bringing in the mental health side and we're teaming up uh, to provide a six week workshop to support women uh, on their emotional and health um, sides of things during, during menopause. So I'm um, really, really excited about that partnership. 
Europe. Um, we also are working with um, University of California at Berkeley. The Haas School of Business um, is, has contracted with us to provide some services and expand capacity for uh, the, the School of Business students there. Um, and it's a really great fit, I think, for a lot of those um, college counseling centers who just don't have the capacity to meet the demand and the need among students. And wait times tend to be pretty long and we can provide a holding environment and close the gap uh, for folks who, who need to expand their capacity for, for service delivery. Yeah, I mean, I would say you're already, not to, not to talk down on any schools or anything, because they do a great job. Uh, it, there are some long wait times, even in small schools uh, to access, you know, uh, like a, to have access to a platform like yours is going to help tremendously. So that partnership makes so much sense. And so does the Genev partnership. Um, yeah, Jill and, and her team over there are, they, they were really focusing on menopause before even you're starting to see other, other companies get into the space. They, they knew like this is where they were going to be. So, you know, a long time ago. Um, so yeah, that's that, two great partnerships. Thank you for sharing more information. Absolutely. What are some of the other things I guess you're really excited about as uh, we're a couple months into 2021 now? Uh, what, what are some of those other things you're excited about in regards to humanist? We're super excited about further building out our community. Um, we're hoping to be able to create sort of um, a machine learning recommendation engine so that we can have people rate uh, the various different interventions in terms of level of intensity so that there can be some crowdsource rating and upvoting so people can really see, oh, I see that 100 people have taken this particular group and have rated it a 7 out of 10 in terms of how uh, impactful it was on their lives. And we can really begin to have some of that um, crowdsourced information um, and ratings and reviews for all of the services that we're offering. Again, really, really just focused on consumer experience um, in that space. Um, we're, we're really hoping to expand our group offerings as well. We, we're just seeing the need so much right now with people feeling so socially isolated to be able to have an outlet where people can connect with one another and support one another. We really think that uh, sometimes the best way to help yourself is to help somebody else. And so really expanding that and giving that space for scaling compassion uh, and allowing people to support one another um, provides a, a sense of purpose, which in and of itself is healing. Um, and so um, really expanding that and, and building out sort of an extended workforce around that as well and giving people an outlet in that way. Um, and then we would love to, to have members of our community beginning to sort of, from a bottom-up perspective, request groups and help to fill the groups so that they can kind of, if somebody wants a divorce support group, for instance, they could request that. And if they can meet a threshold or a, a, quor, a quota of, you know, 10 people to get to join that group, we'll assign a therapist to it and get it off the ground and running. So a couple really exciting things on the roadmap. That'd be really exciting. Yeah, because I, I'm sure there's even things that haven't even been requested yet on uh, on your platform right that like that people could probably build out decent sized communities to, to talk about these things interesting that's well, really cool you see other platforms there's you know there's things like avo and real self and some other places where you have online communities where there are experts that weigh in um but it really hasn't been done in the behavioral health space. I think we're the first online community for mental health where you have experts who weigh in and provide feedback as well as really helping individuals to practice the tools and the techniques that they're learning to augment their either self-help or therapeutic interventions throughout the week. Makes sense. 
Interesting. Very cool. Well, um, so just so the audience knows, this isn't the, the last time I want to have you on the podcast. I want to have you and other members of your team on uh, many more times to talk about different areas of the business and new exciting announcements. So we'll be in touch. But thank you so much again for, for joining me on the podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure learning more about you and Humanest. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. Hey everyone, I wanted to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Block Health. Block Health is building the ecosystem of services and solutions to power the future of healthcare. Through their platform, healthcare professionals and organizations can enter, upload, and share core credentialing documents and information. Professionals and organizations then have the opportunity to use that information to order multiple services and solutions like credentialing, state license registration, certifications, payer enrollment, renewals, and more. On average, the Block Health platform saves users 40 to 60% on credentialing and licensing related costs. Organizations can use Block Health as an extension of their team or as their whole licensing and credentialing team. Today, Block Health works with some of the top healthcare organizations. To learn more about Block Health, please visit www.blockhealth.com. That's B L O C h e a l t h dot com and follow them on their social channels at block health thanks for listening thank you to everyone that listened to this week's episode of the slice of healthcare podcast if you'd like to check out more of our podcasts. We're available on all the major podcast channels. And you can check us out on our website, www.sliceofhealthcare.com. And that'll have all of our past guests on there. Uh, You can see our sponsors and you can learn more about actually becoming a guest. Thanks and look forward to another episode next week.